Welcome to Bethlehem Back Chat, where we talk about the background and backstories of our worship and community as Lutherans. I'm Pastor Dan Smale, Senior Pastor here at Bethlehem Lutheran Church in Glenshaw. And I'm Wendy Ferrone, a member here at Bethlehem and producer of the podcast. The topic for today is the Beatitudes. And on our last podcast, we discussed the Sermon on the Mount. And there was a part of that spectacular piece that we're going to focus on today called the Beatitudes. And I I've heard these before. They're blessed are the blah, blah, blah. But to be honest, they kind of seem backward to me when I read them. So, for example, one of them says, uh, we are blessed if we mourn. It does sound counterintuitive. It's, it does, yeah. yeah, really. Um, I'm hoping that uh, you can help us, Pastor Dan, make sense of what Jesus was trying to tell us here in these Beatitudes. And if our listeners are interested, grab your Bible and turn to Matthew Five uh, verses three through eleven, because I don't know about you, but I could use all the blessings I can get. So if it says "blessed be," I'm in. Yeah, it's a great actually. It's a great piece to consider because I think it's a central part of who we are as Christians. We know these. We can rattle a few of them off, but at mm-hmm. the same time, we might not grasp the full intent of Jesus' teaching or what these really mean for our lives. And it's a promise that's held forth to us. Uh, And these are words of hope for people who need to hear hope. And I think also ethically, they have some potential to transform us and reorient our priorities and get us thinking a little bit differently about how we see the world around us, what's important, what isn't important, and how to use the gospel to address those in need. That sounds great. That sounds really good. I didn't. I don't see any of that in there. So it's good we're breaking. (laughs) We're we're breaking this down. That's good. Yeah. So I looked up the word beatitude, and I I did a little search on my Bible Hub app on my phone, and the word beatitude isn't even in the Bible. No, it wouldn't be unless it was like a title over this particular chunk. I suppose, you're right. So what is is a beatitude? a, A beatitude is a word of hope that is held out to those who are facing some kind of struggle. Uh, Blessed are is what we read. Those who mourn, for they will be comforted. The intent is to reach into the hearts and minds of those people who are facing some kind of challenge, need, struggle in their life, and assure them that through God's grace, through the power of the Spirit, through the community that surrounds them, they will see a new reality, that they will be ushered into a new way of being as they are tended to by this gracious God of ours. So they don't stick in the morning. Exactly. They move beyond. Exactly. There's always, I mean, I think that's important for folks to understand that this new life that Jesus holds out to us doesn't have to be reserved for the heavenly realm, but that there's new life unfolding all the time, even in the midst of these challenges that we face. And I think he wants to articulate that clearly to the people that are listening so that they can have their hope renewed. And it's not an empty kind of promise, if you know. He says, look, I get it. You're mourning. It's, it's for yeah. real, right? Sure. Uh, but the reason I'm here is so that you can be assured there is more to the story. Nice. Yeah. All right. So some say that there are eight of these and some they say there are nine. I think you think there's nine. Well, <laughs> I'm leaning toward nine. Nine? Okay. Yeah, yeah. You All can right. make a case to try to convince me, but at the moment, okay. I, I think it's nine. <laughs> Yeah. I want to give 
all of these Beatitudes, <laughs> they're due. All right. I'm not really sure even that's sort of the argument. Um, <laughs> because they all start with blessed are, mm -hmm. and they're followed by a description of, of like a character trait. So um, we'll let folks decide for themselves whether there are that's fair enough. eight that's or, good. Eight or nine. Good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as, as Christians, as God's people, we are prepared to take seriously these values in our, in our life and uh, come to terms with those who are contending with persecution mm -hmm. or mourning or an impoverished spirit. Um, I think we're drawn to these folks as Jesus is drawn to them. Mm -hmm. uh, we give them attention as Jesus gives them attention, if that makes sense. Well, because they are in need of it. Correct. Right. And, you don't go to a doctor if you're not sick. Right. right? And, I, yeah. and I think, you know, the trouble is that if somebody's sick, the first thing we do, especially in flu season, is run away. <laughs> yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> don't so, touch me. Exactly. Peace be with you. Bye-bye. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm so glad you could make it this week. Don't touch away. me. Stay away. So um, Jesus says, no, no, no. Let's, let's well with. The struggle. Let's let's tend to these people directly. Let's did that share, with lepers, correct? right? Let's yeah. share in the struggle with one another. Let it inform who we are and, and how we see each other, and, and understand that this too can contribute to the quality of our and our, our characters, but also our sense of wisdom. That's very love thy neighborish. Absolutely. See, it's consistent. See, nice. Yeah, very consistent. Oh, so this is kind of like a, a behavioral playbook, I guess, mm -hmm. that is supposed to bring happiness into our lives. Um, could we? Happiness properly understood. Okay, yeah, what yeah. am I missing? No, happiness. no, I just, I mean, I don't want to give the impression like happy clappy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, no, there's no unicorns exactly. involved here. Okay. I mean, happiness, but like a sense of purpose and Serenity peace. Serenity and, and exactly. peace. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Contentment. Yes. Good. So how about we review eight or nine of these, okay. whichever there is, and if we could break them down into everyday language so that we could apply them, okay, actually. Good. Good, good. And then, I may be asking too much here, but I'm hoping that you could tell us a person who kind of exemplifies that beatitude if you're up to that challenge. I'll give it a whirl. Okay. But, you know, there has to, with a caveat, you know, I don't want too much criticism for these suggestions. Well, you yeah. never know. Yeah, yeah, you never yeah. know. All right. Okay, so here we go. All right. Each of these follows a pattern, and it starts with a condition, and then there's a result. So, right, exactly. in other words, the condition is in Old Testament language, and then the New Testament is what Jesus said. Okay. So, for example, the first one reads, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Tell me what that means. That's important. I think there's a couple of different aspects to this beatitude. I think that a part of what's being tended to here is a kind of spiritual bankruptcy that is very real in a lot of our lives. There are some times when we are just absolutely on fire and we sense the spirit in our lives and we have these moments when the word is coming alive to us. And then there are other times when doubt in a profound sense of despair is more the order of the day. Um, that's a real struggle. Um, it's in those moments, precisely in those moments, when we feel as if God is absent, if not entirely unreal, right? Yeah. Yes. What have you done for me lately, it's, yeah, God, it, right? It's scary. Um, <clears throat> yeah. It, but the beautiful blessing that's present in this particular beatitude is the suggestion that 
God is going to meet us in precisely that moment of mm. despair. In the depths of doubt, God will clearly continue to come to us and tend to us. Um, this we see unfold in, in the life of Thomas. And the poor guy has this terrible moniker that he gets doubting Thomas. I don't know if that's entirely he, well, fair. Well, he said that Jesus will yeah, prove it. If I'm going to believe in Jesus post-resurrection, yeah, post <laughs> exactly. Let me see. Show me, right? Stick your finger in my side. Yeah, that, right? so, I mean, the, the sort of gracious thing about that text is, you know, the more judgmental of us would say, now, hit him with a lightning now, you know? <laughs> Teach him, Jesus. Teach him. He shouldn't doubt. Get it. Yeah, but that's not what happens, right? In, in fact, the opposite is what happens. Sure enough, little time passes, and who shows up? Yeah. And specifically for Thomas. Yes, and he says, let me explain this to you. Yeah, so we see this wonderful resonance between this particular yeah. beatitude and what is actually unfolding in the life of Christ. No worries. I got you. Mm -hmm. I, will, I will meet you where you are at, even in the midst of spiritual bankruptcy. And that's kind of like a blessed. Uh, yeah. you, you talked about these not making sense, but that's really kind of nice that, you know, we can wonder about God's presence, but God will never wonder about how. Nice. Uh, and we'll always kind of be on our heels. Mm -hmm. And then the other, I think, too, to lift up here is that, you know, actual poverty is a pretty serious concern for Jesus. So it's not just the spiritual bankruptcy, but I think also the economic concerns mm -hmm. that surrounded our Lord uh, became a justice issue, and he sure. was deeply, deeply committed to tending to the needs of the poor. And this, you talked about Old Testament language, right? Right. This is clearly the agenda uh, that the prophets like Isaiah hold forth to us. You know, yes, the Messiah is coming, and this Messiah will bring good news to the poor. Yeah. Yeah. So both of those get tended to in this beatitude. Um, so I think that's, you know, that's kind of cool. Um, so tell me a person who you think would fit the bill for that one. I think I have an idea, but go ahead. Well, I think, um, you know, like Mother Teresa. Yeah, I think so. There was this interesting moment when she was in the process of being canonized. And her journals were found, and then some of them were publicized, which just irks me <laughs> to no end. Yeah, they were You know, I feel like give the ladies some privacy. No but the value in that... Um, was her ability to say, look, I'm wrestling with this, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm challenged by the depth of poverty that I see around me and illness that I see around me and injustice that I see around me. And she felt empowered to give voice to that. And I think, you know, you could take that as being this doubter or to the contrary, you could take that as a person of profound faith who says, God will meet me in the midst of these questions. Right where I am. It, right where I am. And I have confidence in that. Yes. So I'm going to confidently articulate my my, my discontent sure. with the way things are. It's really funny. Some some friends of mine have listened to the podcast and have said things like, I can't believe you're allowed to ask those questions. Right. And I said, well, it, I'm not easily led. And so for me, if you don't have those questions answered, then you're just a puppet. Correct. Correct. You're you just going ask. through the motions. I think our spirits mm -hmm. and our sense of spirituality need to be informed. Agreed. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, so that's, that's, is that all right? Is that the first? You got it. Okay. Okay. That was my that's first. one one on your side. Very all right. good. All right. Number two, blessed, meaning happy, are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. 
And this is the backward one. Okay. Because on the surface, it sounds like if you've lost a loved one right. or your hamster dies, that someone's going to put their arm around you and comfort you. Yeah. But yeah. what I discovered is that they're actually referring to those who mourn as those who have, they're expressing sorrow over their sins. Yes. Um, but blessed are those who mourn for their sin, for they shall receive forgiveness and life eternal. Yeah. Could be wrong. No, no, that's a, that's a perfectly okay. legitimate interpretation. Okay. Really. And again, this is one of those Beatitudes that has several layers. Okay. Could it be the hamster or the loved one? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's important for communities to surround those. And matter of fact, way back in the Jewish community, this was stated practice, that there were moments of mourning when the community gathered. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. Gathered around those who mourn. So I think that can be a part of it. Um, and when the community has things right and can see, individuals can see beyond themselves, mm -hmm. they can tend to the mourning and the grieving in profound ways. I think you're also right in this, the, the sense that sometimes our guilt and shame get the better of us and, and we end up in what looks like mourning, what looks like grief over this broken relationship or our sense of or perceived uh, broken relationship between ourselves and God because of something we have done or missed. Or something that's been done to, to us. us. Exactly. So I think that, yeah. yes, it, indeed, God's grace comes into those moments and tends to us when properly understood. Yes. Um, so, and then also, I, there's, a, there's a third layer that harkens back to the Mother Teresa a conversation. Uh, because there are some who look around at the world around them and see the brokenness in that world and mourn about that. Yeah. They too, um, as the kingdom unfolds, will be comforted. Sure. Yeah. All right. Do you have a person for this one? You mentioned Mother Teresa again, but you can only use her once. I'm only going to use her once, okay. yes. And I feel like you're making the rules up as we go on. <laughs> I kind of am. And so that's okay. That's okay. I'm happy to play along. Um, you know, I think when I think about, especially how you framed this initially, mm -hmm. to when we kind of mourn over our sin, I think about Luther. I think about Luther, who really wrestled with his human frailty. He did. And the stories abound about him sort of sitting at the, the feet of his confessor, you know, for hours, uh, you know, enumerating every single little yeah. sin. Um, so he was, you know, and I think that when he had his moment with the book of Romans and the good news of the, the gospel kind of washed over him, we see this beatitude unfold mm. in in a practical way, in a very real way, yeah. in a real person's life. So I would I would lift him up as as one that's who a good one. embodies this particular beatitude. All right. Yeah. Well done. Okay. The third one. Um, it's another one that's that's weird to me. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. So I, I think of meek as this little mousy person or somebody who's scared of their own shadow. But I don't think that's probably not what meek means <laughs> well, here. No, well, let's be fair. To your credit, if we were going to use that word in everyday parlance, that's exactly what it means. Sure. So I think that's why we struggle with some of these. Yeah. I um, but I think in the biblical context, it probably does have a little bit of a different meaning. Um, I think that someone who is meek in the biblical sense is obedient. Okay. Um, and understands the value of obedience and humility 
Um, I, I also think that as Jesus speaks this beatitude into being, he has in mind those individuals who don't have a lot of power within the system. Okay. Um, so they're literally oppressed. Uh, yeah. They're a peasant or they're poor or they don't have a voice. No authority. No or, authority. Yeah. And so where, where do you go from there? How is it that you climb up out of that kind of position? It's not easy. Mm -hmm. If you have no access to, no avenue toward a yeah. different station, um, there's a meekness there. So what do you mean by inherit the earth? Do they mean like you're going to now be in charge of the earth? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think um, that those things that were seemingly kept from you. Right? Oh, it's like an eye-opening yeah, and awareness. Yeah, will be given to you in a new way. Nice. Yeah, will be given to you in a new way. You know, I think it's kind of cool. Again, this gets sort of lived out in the early Christian community. And, and you read Acts, you read um, some of the epistles, and this picture is painted of the slave or the servant mm -hmm. sitting down at table with the wealthy merchant. That was unheard of, right? That was unheard of. That, that, in that system of patronage, those kinds of possibilities just were not all that common, right? Until yeah. this Christian ethic starts to get lived and all of a sudden the the playing field gets leveled and now one who would have never had an opportunity to to live into some mm -hmm. kind of leadership role has a voice in this christian community yeah. and can make some significant David. yes Jeez. you know significant decisions about what's going to take shape and what's important what isn't important and so uh, yeah i think that meekness gets reversed yes yeah. All right, do you have a person that you're thinking of that might mean that? Yes. Meek. How about how about St. Francis? Who of Assisi. Assisi. The guy with the statue with the birds. Bird in, in his, his hand. hand. Okay. Exactly. And okay. that proves my point precisely. Because <laughs> okay. he was a guy that kind of turned his back on wealth and station and position. And, Did he and have authority. wealth and station? He could have, yeah. Okay. He could have. I mean, he had access to wealth. Mm -hmm. Uh he grew up in a fairly comfortable you know, family setting kind of thing. Sure. Um, I think he had the education that would have opened some doors uh, for him within the religious establishment. But he chose a different path. And he became sort of enamored with the world around him. Yeah. And received it in, in with open arms and cherished it and treasured it at a level that was much more with much more depth than was typical this time. So he's not just the saint of birds. Birds and <laughs> No, I think, you know, you can get past that. No, I mean, it, it gets us there. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to discount that image. Because it, it's it not starts just nature. The, it, it starts it's, the, it's everything. It's, it's everything. creation. Yeah. It's neighbor. Okay. Right? Yeah. It's everything. church. Mm. I think he does. I think he has a willingness to embrace that which he encounters. And, and that openness, I think, is engaging and charming yeah. to the people that he's wrapping oh, his yeah. arms around. Yeah. Nice. Number four. Okay. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, 
for they shall be filled. Yeah. Now, we heard this word a lot. It's a major churchy word. Mm-hmm. So I think we probably should start by telling us what righteousness is. Righteousness is not just being good in the Bible. Or right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, righteousness is about being in right relationship. That's what biblical righteousness means, both in the Old and the New Testament. So when Jesus says he's baptized to fulfill all righteousness, yeah. right? I think it's really about walking with us through every experience. It's about making sure that he is in relationship with us. Did Jesus need a baptism of repentance? No. No, probably not. (laughs) However, to fulfill all righteousness, to share with us in the fullest way, uh, he enters into that. It's not about doing the right thing. Not necessarily. Or being a good person. Correct. It's about being in alignment with... That's a perfect word. Okay. That's a perfect word. So when you have these people who are hungering and thirsting for righteousness, yes. what they're really hungering and thirsting for is to have God have God's way with the world. And and, and I know that's that can... That makes being, sense. Do you understand well, what I'm yeah. saying? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> people can't see with this look yeah, on my yeah, face yeah. like, oh, yeah. yeah but you so, But you do understand what I mean. It's, yeah. it's this, this hungering for the world to look like it should look. Yes. Uh, yes. And so the, the, the suggestion here is now the Messiah stands before you and preaches this beautiful sermon mm-hmm. and rattles off these glorious beatitudes yeah. because the kingdom is coming. The kingdom is unfolding. And the kingdom of God by its very nature is the world as God wants the world to look if God were in charge. Yeah. So God's kingdom is that place where God reigns. Well, mm. God's in control. So this, you see how this stuff begins to line up. Jesus is suggesting, in, in, you know, as you hear this, just in the very hearing of these words, God is having God's way with you. Yeah. You're being filled. Do you see this, I think, would be the, the, yeah. the question. And there are these, these poignant moments, too, where he pauses and he'll look at the, the disciples after he rattles off a bunch of, of parables that, by the way, begin with the kingdom of God what the kingdom of heaven is like, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And he'll ask them, do you understand this? And they go, no, yeah, well, really. <laughs> you, know, you would hope that they would. But in some cases, they're like, yeah, we got it. But you know they got it. You, yeah. You know they got it. But yeah, so that, I think that that's what's going on with them. That's what's going on with them in this, in this beatitude. And Jesus is assuring them, yes, yes, you will. You will start to see this. And that, the, they, you will be filled then. When we talked about in the worship service about um, go in peace, serve the Lord. Then the peace part means having been fulfilled. Wholeness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Nice connection. Yeah. yeah. All right. right. I mean, and in some way or other, it all coheres. It I does. Mean, yeah, it all, it's all. So who's the person on this one? There's this great, um, and as a matter of fact, he just entered the church triumphant last year. His name was Thomas Keating, and he was a monastic, Roman Catholic monastic, that was just instrumental in bringing to the church the gift of contemplative prayer, of self-awareness, of slowing down and seeing God's work around you and within you. Because it's there. Because it's everywhere. And it is unfolding. And you are and you are being filled. And sometimes 
um, coming to an awareness of that fulfillment is a matter of us stilling our spirits That's right. and slowing the pace of our lives to an extent that we can actually take an inventory of those things that we should be truly thankful for and grateful for. And he did a beautiful job of that. His writings are just absolutely astounding. So I would, I would give this one to Thomas Key. All right, we'll do it. The next one, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And I, I think I've got this okay. one. Okay. Now, do you mean the person or the explanation? <laughs> the explanation. All right, all right, all right. Oh, no, you're, you're the person. Okay. Person. Okay. Go ahead. All right. We reap what we sow. So, right on. Those who are forgiving, kind, and compassionate toward other people, you kind of pull that toward you and you gain that in return. So, it's the whole uh, do unto others thing, right? That's true. You know, and so many times people like give the self help industry a bad rap uh -huh. but mm -hmm. but this is one aspect of that that is legit i mean so often you hear people say surround yourself with positive people oh yeah listen it's true it is true um and i don't care how cliche it sounds if it's true it's true and it's true if you surround yourself with abusive people and, and negative talk and uh, folks who are all too willing through their own insecurity, to be unmerciful to you, sure. it will affect your spirit. It does. It will affect your spirit. But if you're with people who are gracious and merciful and positive and encouraging, you begin to take on those virtues and those attributes yourself. They, mm -hmm. they affect your spirit. You see the value of them. And you also begin to understand the value of sharing that kind of, of energy. Yeah. Uh, so you're right on. Absolutely right on. That's good. Yeah. Hmm. Who's this person? Well, I'm not, I don't mean this as a cop-out because I'm serious about it. Okay. But um, your customer service rep, your mm. your friendly local waitress, okay. your postal worker, uh, your favorite mailman, um, they're in the trenches, they're doing the daily grind, right? Mm. And yet they come to you with this smile on their face and this willingness to engage. And it, it matters, doesn't it? It does. It does. So I, I'm going to give all of your, the social worker, the teacher, I'm going to give all of these folks some props. That's good. Because they have the capacity to really shape their context. Mm -hmm. And so many of them do an awesome job. They do. Yeah. With that, a heart of mercy. That's a good one. Yeah. All right. We're, we're on a roll. Okay. The next one is number six. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. I am clueless about this one. Good. Pure. <laughs> That's why I'm pure, here. You pure. make me feel necessary. Yeah. Necessary, yes. I love this one, actually, um, because it's so easy to, to misunderstand. Um, it's almost like a setup. If you read this, Blessed are the Pure in Heart, the first thing we want to do is, that's not me. We, oh, want, yeah. we want to take ourselves out of this one. I, I'm, yeah. I'm the furthest thing from pure, pure. in heart. Mm -hmm. And again... We make it about this performance issue. That's, oh, that's true. That, but yeah. that's really not. So once when I was 15 and I. Yes, <laughs> right? exa exactly. It's not about the purity. Or, or, or once yesterday when yeah. I. Oh. <laughs> forget why when I was 15. I mean, so we, we want to we wanna excuse ourselves from this and, and assume that this does not apply to us. But if you know anything about Jesus, Jesus was all about taking his righteousness and gifting it to us because he knew ours was not sufficient. So Jesus is not setting us up for failure in this particular beatitude. Okay. That's not what this is about. 
When I, when I hear Jesus say, blessed are those who are pure in heart, or blessed are the pure in heart, what, what I want to lift up here is a singleness of devotion. So that what we can do as people, because of our inability to keep the rules, uh, is lean entirely upon Jesus. That's purity of heart. This, this ability to recognize our deep, deep need to be connected to Jesus' goodness. In right relationship. You got We're it. We're back to righteousness. And, and entirely, yeah. you know. Yeah. To have this understanding that I'm not getting through this without my faith yeah. in the grace of Jesus Christ. For sure. Yes. So that's what, when you hear pure of heart, hear purity of devotion or sort of single-minded commitment to what is right and good. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Who's that person, mm -hmm. you think? I think it's everybody and no one all at the same time. You know, I think um, we're in a constant battle, constant struggle to remain focused, mm -hmm. to remain faithful. Mm -hmm. And we're always kind of plugged in and kind of unplugged at the same time wrestling with uh, our energy and, and you know our time and so we're all in this we're, we are all in this together yeah I think that's why I engage in Bible study and I connect back to the church on Sunday right. and I and I engage in these kind of things because you know if you miss a week it's easy to miss two weeks and three yeah. weeks and you become disengaged and then it feels as if once you're not connected, that you kind of lost that battle until mm -hmm. you get back there, right. and then you see this is now yeah. I'm back. Oh, I'm okay now for about an hour, and then when when I walk out of the church, here I go you start, again. You kind of sort of, but no, I think I mean it's a challenge to have this level of devotion when there's so many demands upon us. That's true. It depends yeah. upon us personally. Yeah. You know, we're we're parents, we're children, we're. Uh, brothers, we're sisters, we're nephews, we're uncles, uh, we're co-workers, we're employees. I mean, just think about, just think about the number, we're coaches, you know. Sure. Think about the number of roles that you fulfill in your That's life. That's crazy. Well, you know, I think the whole idea behind when we come to church and get fulfilled, mm -hmm. it says to carry that into the world. Right. So as a father and a, and a mother and a parent and all of those other things, that's where God is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's what it boils down to because you, you want to be the best coach that you can. You want to be the best employee. And, and as a matter of fact, when you have your personnel review, they'll, your performance review, they'll, they'll, they'll let you know. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so you measure it. All of this, right, is, yeah. is really these concerns and these challenges are legitimate. Mm -hmm. uh, I recently talked to an individual, and I don't want to say his name, but he had a big interview for a big promotion. And he sat before this board of, uh, you know, folks who were going to be responsible for hiring him and, and onboarding him and so on and so forth. And they asked him who he understood himself to be. And one of his answers was, well, maybe it was the first one, I don't know, but one of his answers was, I'm a Christian. Nice. Uh, so I thought that's a great way to approach this. It's not like mm -hmm. he doesn't have other demands upon his energy yeah. it's not like he doesn't want to do well in other aspects of his life but he he undertakes all of those endeavors with that foundational piece as the starting point. it's the umbrella exactly. upon which everything else so that's is a, that's a purity of heart not that's that he's not going to ever make any mistakes down the but that's that's the kind of purity of heart that i think that jesus is driving intention yeah 
And when you when you have that priority in place, naturally then you have this sense of fulfillment in your life mm-hmm. because you, you see these things coming together. You see God putting people in your life in word of encouragement. You see an opportunity that is going to lead to some you know, little piece of ministry. You, you know exactly sure. what I'm saying. Yeah. All right. Okay. Did we say who that person was? Everyone and no one. Everyone and no one. Everyone and no one. Depends on the day, the hour. All right, the next one, number seven. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Or in some translations that I have, it's a children. Yeah, either way is good. Either way is good. I mean, it's meant to be inclusive in that way, so that that translation is fine. Um, We talked a minute ago about the broader explanation of peace, so think about that. Yes, yes. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the people that bring wholeness and fulfillment. The other the reason I love this Beatitudes kind of cool is uh, I think Jesus is kind of haunting the establishment uh, at the time. Um, a big deal was Pax Romana, the peace of Rome. And that was sort of the selling point of empire. If, if you're a part of this, you know, big, big, institution known as Rome, uh, we are going to bring safety and security and stability into your life. And that's often the pitch that empire offers, by the way. Uh, but how much peace was really... It's like giving them your lunch <laughs> money. Jeez. How much <laughs> peace, I mean, especially for the Jewish person. I mean, how much <laughs> peace was really, or in the early Christian, how much peace did they really uh, mm-hmm. benefit from Pax Romana? So, Jesus is saying, no, there, there is, there is a more righteous understanding of of peace that the Christian person yeah. can offer, um, yeah. and I think that he's he's pushing for that um, here, and and in that sense, it is peace without right. persuasion, peace without coercion, peace without force, internal peace, it, it, both, 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 yeah. internal, external, external yeah. um, societal, and communal. Mm-hmm. And I think we can work towards peace. I think that Jesus has that as a vision for the Christian person. Of course. Yeah. So who's the person that goes with this? Oh, uh, man. I, Martin Luther King Jr. Okay. Right. See, I mean, good was, thing you put the King Jr. on there. Yeah. But you've already used Martin Luther. I, I would not. And I'm not going to break the rules. I'm not going to break the <laughs> rules. I'm making Although up. I rely upon your grace. <laughs> <laughs> I would not break the rules. And your mercy. You got it. You I got would it. not break. No. Yeah. I mean, it's, Really, there was a, you know, the quintessential commitment to nonviolence. For sure. Um, another one, if you want to reach a little bit further back, would be Henry David Thoreau. And I think about his writing on civil disobedience. Mm. Um, there was another one that wasn't sure that violence was the, the right way toward peace. So these these people are are present within mm. you know within our Christian tradition and, and offer up a, a noble witness. For sure. sure. And many who aren't noticed broadly or famous for that peacemaking but peacemakers every single day right people who yeah. bring peace sure. and it. and refuse to lay down the garment even if right. it's an argument at work or something right. you know what i mean it's sure. just sort of there are those individuals that have the maturity and the capacity to somehow some way consistently take the higher road yeah, yeah. that's good yeah. okay Next one, blessed. Oh, this is the this is the eight and nine argument. Okay, yeah, that's all right. We'll, we'll, we'll do, go ahead and lump them. We'll do the combo we'll, letter yeah, here. Okay. We'll lump them together. Okay, blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, 
-hmm. for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And the one that is iffy is added on in some writings, but considered separate, I guess. Mm -hmm. It adds, blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Sheesh. That's yeah, a mouthful. Well, hey, you know, this is beautiful. It's like Jesus doesn't give us any sales pitch. Right? There's, you remember yeah. the days, you know, when you got the, the free trip to the resort, but you, it was only free if mm. you sat through like the four hours of sales pitch. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, pressure Jesus sales is pitch. not, there's no bait and switch here. Jesus is not going to lead us astray. Yeah. He, fully understands that as these people embrace the way in their life, as Christianity takes hold... It's going to be tough. Exactly. Yeah. This is not going to be a tiptoe through the tours by yeah. any stretch yeah. of the imagination. However, right? However, the, the, the long view sure looks good. Yeah, that's it. And anything worthy is worth fighting for, working exactly. for, exactly. trudging toward... Yeah. yeah, and so I mean, the persecution was real uh, to a certain extent, in some places in the world it is still still real. is. That's good yeah. to say. Yeah, um, and and I and I want to make sure that folks understand, man, this does not have to be like the Christian in Egypt that's staring mm -hmm. down a member of ISIS. Sure, um, it's tough to live your faith. At the office sometimes. It's tough to live your faith on the business trip sometimes. It's tough to live your faith faith when you're trying to close the deal on, on the house. Or mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying. I do. Um, and that that is a kind of persecution that we have to weather and see ourselves through. And you first, I guess, have to recognize it for what it is and then say Okay, God, right. <laughs> I need you to kick in here because I want to go the other way. Yeah, right. Yeah. And the acknowledgement that if, if, if I'm going to take the, the tough path here, yeah. you know, I'm going to need your support. That's right. I'm going to need your help. I'm going to make sure that this is worthwhile and that even though doing the right thing is, is often tougher, that yeah. it's for a reason. That's there's right. meaning and there's purpose. The greater good. Yeah, hmm. for sure. Is there a person who... Yeah, you yeah. know, this is an easy one. Okay. How about Nelson Mandela? Oh, yeah. Right, who's literally sure. prison, in prison for his, uh, you know, what we know today was he's right. I mean, there's just no question about it. He was yeah. definitely in the right. He was in prison for being in the right. He was um, persecuted for speaking the truth. Mm. He's stuck with it, right? And, and finally sees him way, his way out of prison only to reinvest in Rio yeah. in reconciliation. He wasn't like, mad at the world. No. I think I would have been. Well, Just ticked off at everything. Can't imagine it was easy. Yeah, I'm I mean, sure. to his credit, though, really, to, to have that kind of spirit where, you know, the day he gets out of prison to essentially say, okay, let's get to work. Let's do it again. Let's yes, fix go. this. Yeah. Um, God bless him. Yeah, you for know, sure. There, there's one who sort of embodies what's unfolding in his beatitude. Yeah, for that's sure. a good one. Yeah. Good one. So I guess the overall point of this whole set of blessed bees mm -hmm. uh, is to transform the inner person, to build virtues in life, which will ultimately lead to the war a reward. But what is the reward? Is it is it more than getting into heaven like your easy pass 
lane to heaven. Yes. Okay, tell Yeah, me. I think it, it has to be. Uh, the Beatitudes are for now and for then. Okay. When we understand that God is constantly in the process of delivering us, it has an effect on our spirit. It transforms dread, um, hopelessness into something life giving. Um, like a growth opportunity. Yeah. And yeah. it you all of a sudden you live into this whole new perspective that is contagious. I think the other thing the Beatitudes do for us is keep us grounded in reality, religious spiritual reality. Too often in our culture in particular, when we do well economically, uh, when we uh, excel financially, uh, when we enjoy a certain level of comfort, okay. uh, one of our default sayings is, I am so blessed. I have been so blessed. Um, that's true. You have been so blessed. And you should be grateful for the gifts that fill your life. Mm -hmm. uh, but that favor is not exclusive to those who have met with financial stability. That's a great point. What the Beatitudes teach us is that the individual that is absolutely positively down on their luck, sitting on the curb, waiting for the next meal, wondering when it's, where it's going to come from, they too, according to the Beatitudes and according to the way that Christ has structured the kingdom, they too have the capacity and the right and the ability to say, I am so blessed. Uh, I think that is critical for people to understand. We do not live, we do not live uh, in a kingdom where some are blessed and some are not. True. God has decided to bless us all, and God is actively working in all of our lives to the same degree uh, for the same reason. That's really good. Well, I don't know, but I do want to say that. That's, good. <laughs> That's very good. All right. Well, thank you so much. No problem. My pleasure. It's for, always fun. It is fun. Um, for sharing with us, I guess, the meaning behind the important learning and guidance that can be found within the Beatitudes has given me a great insight, and I hope it has our listeners on how to guide our lives and to bring God into it mm -hmm. and Christ into it and to help others. I guess a lot of the Beatitudes have a lot to do with helping other people, yeah. recognizing where you are and how you can help other people so okay. thank you so much thank you very much appreciate your time as always friendly reminder that we are here uh, all weekend long saturday evening six o'clock worship sunday morning at 8 and 10 30 sunday school in between 9 15 we're having a ton of fun around here please consider joining us thank you very much thank you